Howdy, folks. How you going? Good. Well, we're in Missions Month, so uh, if you're from Brazil, bom dia. Come on, say it back. Bom dia. Okay. If you're from Italy, buongiorno. If you're from the Cook Islands, Kiarana. All right, if you're from Fiji, Bula. Awesome. If you're from Malaysia, hello. <laughs> and if you're from Australia, g'day, mate. All right, that's good. All right. Yeah, all good. Thanks, darling. Praise God. I just love the nations of our church. Just brings such a, a great flavour and a great, um, you know, just diversity. And that's what I love about it. All right, especially when we get together for a feed. Mmm. Praise God. Um, before I go on, I just want to give God the honour and the glory. Because today, the 9th of July, actually marks one year exactly when the devil had a good go at me. And um, I was uh, struck down with a stroke and a heart infection and all that sort of stuff. This time last year, I was lying in Wagga Hospital with the doctors sort of scratching their heads, wondering what was going on. But I want to thank God that he's carried me through that. I want to give him praise that I can stand here today and just honour him in that and that in my weakness he is made strong, in my brokenness he is made perfect. So I just want to give him thanks for that and glory and honour. And we ain't finished yet. Amen. There's plenty still to go. Now one of the things the doctors keep telling me is that, you know, up to a year, you'll have your best improvement. After a year, it's going to slow down. Um, but I don't believe that. I believe that my improvement's going to keep going. And that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And, um, and I will regain full functionality of my body. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Also, want to acknowledge um, your faithfulness in praying for me, uh, my family for helping me out, and um, you know, looking after me. They've really been my strength through this time. So, thank you, guys. I really love you and appreciate you, and uh, that we can continue this journey. Amen. And I just want to uh, back up what Jamie. And Margot said, you know, each of us may seem to think that our contribution can be insignificant, even unnoticed. But without all those little contributions, the big things won't happen. So if you're working away diligently in your own little ministry, in your own neck of the woods, and you think, well, no one's really noticing, you know, if I, just, if I didn't do this, it wouldn't really matter. Can I ask you to get rid of that thought? Because what you do is very important. 
And as the Bible says, as each part does its work, the whole body is built up. It can encourage you. And whatever part you are doing, keep going. Keep going because you are contributing to the work of the whole body. And I just want to honour you in that. Praise the Lord. So the question is asked, who is my neighbour? Last week, Jamie spoke on um, being the forsaken, part of the forsaken. Our neighbours are the forsaken. And today, I want to talk about the foreigner. Our neighbour is a foreigner. That's a cool girl. Thanks. Now, the Bible, depends on what version, what translation you read, the Bible also says uses the word alien instead of foreigner. Okay? <laughs> Now, not that sort of alien, okay? Turn to the person next to you and put up your hand if they look like that. No? <laughs> Don't talk about Alicia that way, Jamie. That's not the alien we're talking about. By definition, an alien is a foreigner especially one who is not a naturalised citizen of the country where he or she is living. Now when the Bible talks about an alien or a foreigner, they're talking about the nation of Israel and those that are coming from the surrounding nations that come to live amongst the Israelites. So God talks a lot about them in the Old Testament. He talks about how we should treat foreigners, how we should live with foreigners and aliens, okay? And so we're going to have a look at that today. So Deuteronomy 24, a lot of that chapter talks about how we live with, with foreigners. So starting from verse 14, it says, Do not take advantage of a hired man who is poor and needy, whether he is a brother, Israelite, or an alien living in one of your towns. Pay him his wages each day before sunset, because he is poor and is counting on it. Otherwise he may cry to the Lord against you, and you will be guilty of sin. So there, God doesn't differentiate between a person who is an Israelite or a person who is from another nation, a foreigner. He says, treat them the same. If you owe them wages, pay wages. Don't take advantage of them just because they come from a different nation and they're not part of you. And it keeps on going in verse 17. Do not deprive the alien or the fatherless of justice or take the cloak of the widow as a pledge. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. That is why I command you to do this. When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheep, do not go back and get it. Leave it for the alien, the fatherless and the widow so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. So not only are we told to treat them fairly as we would a, a fellow citizen, but it also says do not deprive them of justice. So don't take advantage of them. Do not deprive them of justice. And it also says to be charitable. To them, so if in this picture, in the old days when they used to harvest uh, their their grains, and they used to bind them up in sheaths, it says if you forget one in the back paddy, don't go back and grab it. 
says, leave it for someone else to pick up. Leave it for the, the widows, the fatherless, and the foreigners, the aliens. So treat them the same. It keeps going on. When you beat the olives from your trees, do not go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for who? The alien, the fatherless, and the widow. When you harvest your grapes in your vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. See how God puts them all in the same category. All right, As you would treat the orphans, treat the foreigners. As you would treat the widows, treat them all the same. But he does put some restrictions on foreigners. first one is in Deuteronomy 17.15. And it says that foreigners are not to be made rulers over the Israelite people. Okay. Don't can you help me here? Sorry, my hands come out. Praise the Lord. Thank you, my lovely assistant. <laughs> All right. So don't make them rulers over the Israelite people. Now, why would this be so? Because as foreigners, they might have tradition, have cultural differences that are detrimental to what God has planned for his people. So if you make them a ruler, I mean, it was hard enough. I mean, the Israelites went after foreign gods. They, they, they undertook foreign traditions. So if you're going to bring in a foreigner, the real possibility is that they would bring in their foreign traditions. So he says, don't make them rulers over my people. He also said, don't let them eat the Passover unless they were circumcised. Now there's two elements to this. First is, what is the Passover? We all know what the Passover is. The Passover was a celebration feast to celebrate and remember how God took them out of slavery. He removed them from Egypt where they were being oppressed, were being um, enforced to do hard labour. And so God took them out of there miraculously into the promised land. And he's saying, don't let the foreigners eat Passover meal unless they are circumcised. Unless they fully understand and commit to what the Passover means. They fully understand what they are celebrating. And so if we look at that in today's context, the Bible says that we're not circumcised by the hands of men. Okay, There is a circumcision of the heart. There is a sense of declaring our allegiance to God, not through outward symbol, but through faith, through our in in a sense of faith and our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So only eat the Passover if you're circumcised. So there's three people groups that God refers to here. He refers to the alien or the foreigner. He refers to the fatherless or orphans. He refers to the widow. And you know what? He, he, he cares for all of them. And he makes provisions for all of them. 
there's this sense that the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament. We think, you know, we read that and we come to the conclusion that God in the Old Testament was this mean ogre that just wanted to punish everyone. Yeah, he, he was just a killjoy with all these rules and regulations. And that all of a sudden, when Jesus came along, all of a sudden he, he turned into a lovey-dovey sort of God. But God is constant. God never changes, amen? He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And the God of the Old Testament, if you read between the lines, was just as loving to his people, was just as caring to those who didn't know or acknowledge him as God, and he made provision for them just as he makes provision for everyone today. He makes provision for them, whether they're foreigners, they're fatherless, or they're widows. God makes provision for each one of them. In James one twenty seven, he writes, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows, and I put in there, and aliens, in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So what James writes about in his letter is the same heart as what God had in the Old Testament. When he was saying to the Israelite nation, if you see the fatherless, if you see the, orph the orphans and the widows, or if you see a foreigner, treat them all the same as you would a brother, as you would an Israelite, as you would one of your own. And really, when we look at this and we ask ourselves, who can I be a neighbour to? Don't compartmentalise people into, into different areas and say, oh, I don't want anything to do with them because... Their culture is different, they look different, they speak differently. God says, be a friend and love everyone. Treat everyone the same, even as if they're part of your own family. And it's often subconsciously that we, we do this, isn't it? I mean, I've been on many mission trips, I've, been, I've taken many teams with me. And uh, one thing I've come to notice is that the generosity of people when we go to visit them, the generosity of people uh, overseas, especially from the poorer nations, I'm blown away by how generous they are. They don't have much, they live very simply, but they treat you like a king when you go and visit them. And I'm blown away by that and challenged that I can reciprocate this when people come to my house. When people are in, in my house, I want to be a blessing to them. I want to pour out the blessings that God has given me onto their life. We're told to be hospitable. We're told to open our doors and welcome people in there. And that is a challenge for each and every one of us. Another thing to, that challenges me is to treat them equally. Not to look down upon them. Because often I go with, with people, you know, a team, and it's amazing. I know it's subconsciously. I know we don't mean to do it. But sometimes we can look down on these people and think that they're less than us, think that they're not as important as us, to think that we're sort of you know, God's, God's answer to their prayer. But the challenge is... 
don't look down on them. And we think that by speaking slower and adding an accent and, and speaking more louder, that they're going to understand us. Hello? <laughs> no, mate. You're English? You're still English, okay? <laughs> Doesn't matter. If you speak like this and you put an A after every word, it still don't matter. They're not dumb just because they don't speak English. They're still intelligent people. Amen? So check yourself. If you know, Next time you're speaking to someone who's not an, you know, an English person or an Australian, and how you respond to them, how you interact with them. Because everyone is an intelligent being, whether they speak English or not. I think sometimes they're more intelligent. So who can I be a neighbour to? The foreigner. One of the blessings of Australia is that we have many different nations in our midst, especially here in Griffith. So think about this when you, when you think to yourself, who can I be a neighbour to? Who can I embrace? Who can I walk alongside? Don't discount people because they come from a different nation. Don't discount people because you know, they don't speak your language. And that's one of the biggest fears. How do I communicate with them? How do I... Mate, if you're that stuck, Google Translate is awesome. Amen? There's ways around it. If you genuinely love that person, there's ways to communicate that. Love is an international language. Amen? Love is an international language. Love overcomes barriers of our own wisdom, our own intellect, our own shortcomings. If you can love one another, then that breaks down barriers of language and everything else that we, we perceive is a barrier. So I want to encourage you in that. Yeah, the truth is that we're all foreigners. We're all foreigners. We're all living in a place that we're not citizens of anymore. As a born-again follower of Jesus, we are not actually a citizen of the world anymore. You know, physically we might still live here, but we are citizens of another kingdom. We are citizens of heaven. And Jesus Christ came to be the door of that. He says, I am the gate. He says, I am the door. I am the way, the truth and the light. No one can come to the Father except through me. You know, there's no visa applications. There's no paperwork in coming into the kingdom of God. There's just a heart decision of accepting what Jesus Christ has done. Now, you might be sitting here this morning and you might be unaware. You might think to yourself, I don't know if I'm a citizen of heaven. Well, you can make that decision today. You can make that decision to become a citizen of heaven. Okay, there's no application fee. There's no paperwork. It's just a simple step of faith. Repentance and coming to faith and saying, Lord, I take on board what you have done for me. I uh, accept 
your saving grace in my life. And you can do that this morning. And we'll give opportunity for that, for you to do that this morning. So the challenge for us as we look at who is my neighbour is not only the forsaken but also the foreigner. Understanding that we have been grafted in, the Bible says, we have been brought into the kingdom of, of heaven. We were all outsiders. We were all once foreigners to God. In fact, it goes further. The Bible says we are all enemies of God. But he has brought us near. He has brought us into the kingdom. Through Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, he has brought us into his kingdom that we can all rejoice that we are a part of something great and that our citizenship is not here on earth, but it is in heaven. And everything we face here on this earth is only temporary. It will come to an end, but our life in heaven goes on eternally. It is eternal. That is an interesting concept, isn't it? Eternal. Forever and ever. And like that wonderful hymn, Amazing Grace says, when we've been there 10,000 years, that's going to be nothing. Now, 10,000 years could go like that in heaven, but there's still another 10,000 to come, another 10,000 after that. We're not caught in this concept of time, of days and years and months. And for me, that's comforting. As I face my own challenges in this life, and as Caitlin was saying this morning, in the challenges that we have, each and every one of us, it's temporal, my friends, it's temporal. There is an end to it. There is always a hope. Never lose sight of that hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It's one thing that's kept me going over the last 12 months, that there is a hope in the glory of Jesus. There is something we can look forward to and one day when this tent is packed up and put in a hole in the ground, okay, there is something better waiting for me. There is something that is there that I cannot even begin to comprehend, the greatness of the glory of God. And there is an assurity of that. There is something there that I can hold on to and never let go of, despite my circumstances. So the challenge is, my friends, to hold on. Hold on. Help is on its way. I'll be there as quick as I can. Who's that, Sherbet? Jonah? I think it is. Anyway, whatever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good, amen. God is good. And as I invite the worship team back, I want to put the invitation out there. That if you're not sure that you're a citizen of heaven, if you've never made that declaration of faith, then my friend, what is your hope in? Is your hope in your riches? Is your hope in your intelligence? Is your hope in your family? Because all of them will come to naught. All of them will come to nothing in that day when we're called back to heaven, when we're called home. But there is an assurance, there is a hope. 
there is something that we can hang our hat on, that deep in our heart we can say, yes, I am a citizen of heaven. So I want to make that invitation to you this morning. If anyone here would like to make that declaration, then come forward. As as tell you, if we sing a song, come. If you want prayer for anything this morning, come. If there is a health issue, let me pray with you because I know where you're at. And even though I'm a broken vessel...